Hello, this is episode 22 of Josh's Ramblings. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than a lot of the other ones. Um, as I've... So I've had um, three grandparents die. They've all died within the last two or three years. Um, and it, as that's happened, I also have a two-year-old daughter. Um, and so she either barely overlapped with most of those grandparents, or didn't at all. And as I think back, I know almost nothing beyond my grandparents on either side of my family. Like I've heard bits and pieces, but I don't know uh, stories about those people almost at all. I mean, and partly that's on me. I haven't gone back and thought about it. But as I think about my grandparents and how much I loved uh, going to both sets of my grandparents' houses as a kid, like that was that was a big treat. We would all, all load up in the minivan and go there. Um, and having those stories, I want those stories to be preserved for Emma. Um, and so I wanted to start, the other genesis of this is I remember hearing, I think it was Invisibilia, one of the NPR podcasts, uh, talking about telling stories and of just giving people a space to record the stories. And I thought, that's really good. I would like to get um, some of the stories about my grandparents out so that I have them, um, so I can share them with family, so I can share them with Emma when she's old enough uh, to hear these stories. So even if I forget these, so I can refresh my own memory, uh, Emma can know about the incredible legacy and the incredible family uh, that she comes from going back several generations. Um, so my understanding of who my grandparents are and what kind of people they were and how impressive of people they are has changed really significantly. As a kid, I was like, oh, it's grandpa and grandma. They're great. Uh, but the older I get, he, I mean, they, yeah, they, like they were good at being grandparents. Uh, but as I've gotten older and I've looked at the families they left behind and one in two generations and even now starting to get into three generations down the road, how the uh, positive effects of the ways they lived their lives have come down to my parents' generation and my generation and the generation after me. And I am... <laughs> I am super impressed, particularly as I start trying to be a parent. As I look at it, I'm like, if I can have, you know, a family two generations down the line that's remotely close to as good as uh, my family is on both sides, I will be thrilled to death. Um, so he, after the three grandparents died, they had memorial services. And that's been a really fascinating experience uh getting to hear stories, getting to tell the few stories that I have. Um, that process was great. And, and even as I think about it now, those a lot of those stories recede, have started to recede. I mean, it's been you know a couple of years in some cases since I've heard any of those. Um, and I don't like that. Like My grandparents are great people. I want them to continue to live on, to be remembered, uh, to be cherished for how awesome they were. And also uh, because... <laughs> As I look at my life, a lot of the stuff that I do, particularly the stuff I do well, I look at my grandparents and I'm like, oh, that comes from you guys, um, it, you know, of good stuff. And I, I heard stories about, oh, yeah, that was something grandpa was really great about. And I'm like, oh, I've just been surrounded by people uh, <laughs> most of my life who had benefited from that legacy. And so I picked it up as well. Um, so it, there, it, there are a couple couple broad categories of things that I would like to remember. Um, I'm doing a, a little bit of each, but kind of memories of individual stories of, hey, this is a thing that they did. I don't have a ton of those. Um, and then the next one, which there's significantly more of, is looking at influences. 
of, oh, wow, that's ways of either stories I've heard or things that I've recognized. Uh, those are things that have come down to me uh, that I recognize it, at very least, my grandparents were a significant part. And then the thing that's impacted me probably the most is just the families that they left behind. So the families they left behind, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. Uh, if you've met my family, you've seen it. If you haven't, I'm not going to try to explain it to you because I am not nearly that good of a communicator. So the one that I wanted to start with uh, is in a lot of ways the one that's most emotionally impactful to me. And it's my grandpa Hamilton, my dad's dad. Um... He, I mean, he was he, he was a great guy. We had a lot of fun. I remember uh, they came over and visited us. He, uh, my parents packed us up, all three kids, and we went over to Taiwan for a couple years when I was a little kid. And our grandpa and grandma Hamilton came over and visited us for, I don't even remember how, I was like five years old at the time. But grandpa and grandma, they just, you know, flew across the Pacific Ocean, came, came and saw us, uh, and hung out for, I think it was a couple of weeks. Um, and then they went back home. Like, like, they were just great. They were always there. Uh, yeah, I, I remember Grandpa and Grandma being around a lot. My parents would drop us off at their house sometimes just to have a couple of days. Going to see Grandpa and Grandma was always a bunch of fun. But my my central memory of Grandpa now, Grandpa Hamilton maybe more than anyone else. Uh, the way that I think about him has shi like shifted dramatically. He was really the first one of these that uh, started changing the way that I thought about my grandparents. And it was Thanksgiving my freshman year. So on my dad's side of the family, we everybody gets together for Thanksgiving. Um, or we did very strongly when all the kids were young. It's a lot less so now that kids are moving off and everybody's a little bit more diffused. Um, but we used to have these massive – and there's still – I mean, I spent uh, – I think it was last year – spent a bunch of time campaigning for everybody to come to Boise – uh, and that sort of happened because we had Emma, and she was a little baby that people wanted to come see. But my sister also had uh, some twins, so there was some... <laughs> they weren't traveling anywhere because they were like a month old at the time. Um, so, But we always had these Thanksgiving gatherings. I think the last one where we really got nearly everybody... Um, this, may, this may or may not be true, but one of the last ones was uh, my freshman year of college. And I remember sitting around the table... And I was sitting on one side. I mean, this was a huge table. We had like, I think it was like four or six of those big folding tables. And we had people all the way around the outside. So it's like 20 or 30 people. Uh, and it's grandpa and grandma were sitting across the table. And I was just looking around, recognizing uh, all four of their kids were on their original marriages. All of the kids of my generation, all of the grandkids, uh, you, you know, were leading functional lives. My sister was married. I was... Actually, yeah, Heather was the only one married or particularly close at that point. I mean, but we were all leading productive, reasonable lives. Like, it's it's a really fun group to hang out with. Um, and I realized it, it was just this blinding moment of this is an incredible family. It, and it's kind of a fish always swimming in the water effect for me that I didn't realize it and that was just a moment of clarity of wow i have gotten to grow up around a ton of incredible people uh and a huge part of that is you know from my grandpa that my freshman year of college one of the things i was really trying to sort through is okay like what's my vision of manhood what does it look like to be a man what do i want to leave behind and then i come come back for thanksgiving and i was like that is what i want to leave behind if i can leave behind a legacy that's remotely like that uh, i will have succeeded um, 
And so it, as I think about it now, it always makes me think of uh, in Exodus 20, verse 6, God promises to lavish his blessings on a thousand generations. And as I looked at it, I was like, man, grandpa and grandma were faithful, godly people. And I am generation two of blessings definitely happening. Um, and so, so I was thinking about this and I was like, man, I really, I really want to talk to grandpa. Like what knowledge can I download? What can I gain? Uh, I mean, cause as a seven year old running around, I was not in, oh yeah, my grandpa's a super wise dude. And I need to figure out like how he's living his life. Like what, what was happening there? And so I was like, okay, we'll make a note of that. I mean, I would still see my grandparents, not super frequently. So it was one of those things where it's like, oh, we'll get around to it. Um, and that next spring, he had a pretty severe stroke and wasn't able to communicate well anymore. Every there were there were subsequent strokes. I mean, and he was he was pretty old at this point, so it was not um, super great for recovery. But he, it, I mean, the most recovered he ever got was maybe you could understand some words. Uh, but it was it was really hard. He also really couldn't move. Um, before that, he and my grandma had been able to live on their own in their house in Spokane, um, same house that my parents grew up in. Oh, today. That house is great, but that's a whole that's a whole separate uh, story. Um, and they couldn't really anymore. Sometimes they would go for a couple of days at a time. There there was some back and forth, but eventually they ended up moving in. Uh, with my parents because they just needed more care uh, than they could get at the house in Spokane. Uh, and so he couldn't move well. He couldn't speak clearly. Um, I mean, and it, it ended up being pretty nice in some ways for me because I was coming home from college and I got to see grandpa and grandma, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, all summer. And so I got to see them a bunch. I mean, more than at any other point in my life. So I got to spend all of college uh, but it was this frustrating dichotomy of, on the one hand, yeah, I get to see grandpa and grandma, like, that's cool. Uh, it, I mean, and I had this newfound appreciation for the people that both of them were and the lives they had led and the legacies they had left behind. Um, but I also couldn't talk to grandpa about it. I mean, I could talk to grandpa, but it's not like, whatever it was, 19, 20-year-old me had a whole lot to say to grandpa. What I needed to do was listen, and I needed to listen to a guy who couldn't talk anymore. Um, and so, it, so that, that was frustrating, but it was, I, I mean, so that's, you know, that's the deep emotional stuff. There'll be more of that later. Uh, but it was, so it, it was pretty funny because grandpa, er, it, there is an amusing story coming up. There's not a whole lot funny about this situation, but grandpa was still a great guy. So he didn't move as well as he used to. And he was, Grandpa was really good at doing a lot of stuff. Um, as we were cleaning out their garage, I was just looking around. I mean, and I was, I'm, I'm a fairly new homeowner and not particularly handy. And as I looked around, I was like, wow, grandpa could use all this stuff in here. And I am lucky if I could use a fifth of the stuff in there. I mean, there was just all kinds of stuff of electrical stuff or uh, stuff for working on cars or other stuff that I just didn't understand. Um, there, there was a bunch of that stuff that I, you know, we carted up and brought home that I was super excited about where I was like, oh man, this is, this is a huge day. Like I, w I was, I was very, very excited about a bunch of stuff that we got from them. Um, and it, so he was, he was capable of doing a bunch of stuff and was kind of a perfectionist of he was going to do stuff and he was going to do it right. 
and he so it really bothered him that he he couldn't do stuff right in nearly the same way because he just didn't have nearly the same amount of uh, motor control and it really bugged him being a burden like there were times my parents would talk about it of before they were going to go on road trips like it was hard for him to get in and out of the car and go to the bathroom so he would just dehydrate himself before they were going to go on road trips which was really dangerous because he, he was fairly old at that point um so grandpa and grandma and i were sitting around in our living room Grandma decides that she was going to go take a nap. And Grandpa Grandpa waited until she went and got down. And he kind of looked over at me. And he was like, yeah, kind of trying to tell me something. And kind of being like, shh, like, just hang out. And I was like, Grandpa, I'm, I'm reading a book. Yeah, I didn't say this, but I was thinking, Grandpa, I'm just reading a book. I'm not going anywhere. And then he got up. And I didn't think anything about it. I went back to reading my book. And then I was like, wait a minute. Where is Grandpa going? <laughs> That he was, uh, he wanted Grandma to be taken a nap for and felt it necessary to tell me, oh, just, just hang out. So, so I got up. I mean, this was maybe 30 seconds. So I was able to walk over to the next room and see it. And he was, uh, going over and working on being able to go up and down those two steps from the kitchen down to the living room, uh, and back up on his own. And, uh, he was sneaking off to work on it because he wanted. He knew that if people saw him, uh, they would help him, and he wanted to be able to do it on his own without needing help, without needing to be a burden. Um, and so I was like, "Huh, oh, seems fine to me." So, so I went over there. I, I stood at the bottom of the stairs, and I was like, "Like, go for it, Grandpa. I'm, you know, I'll be here to catch you in case something goes wrong." Uh, which it didn't. He was able to get up and down a couple times. Um, and then it was, I think it was my mom came home. <laughs> just kind of gave us a look. Of, what are you guys doing? And Grandpa, he got this just kind of old-busted look uh, that he sometimes did when he was doing stuff that he knew people didn't want him to be doing uh, because of uh, his physical limitation. And it was just funny. Whereas this, this moment of grandpa sneaking off to try to do stuff, uh, so that he could be, so that he could function better. Um, and that was, I just always think of that. It just, just the humor of grandpa sneaking off with his walker to go do his exercise. I mean, and just how hard he worked, uh, so much of the time at trying to continue to be as functional as he could be. Uh, so, you know, college went on. I would come home. I would see them. Um, and when I got around to, I think it was my senior year of college, I was talking to the leader of our university chapter that uh, she was really good about doing some discipleship stuff and kind of what are you working on? She's doing life coaching now, which I can testify she is great at. Um, because one of the things that she was working on with me was engaging with my emotions, knowing what I felt um, how to engage with my emotions in a healthy manner. I frequently hadn't done that before. And so we talked about all kinds of stuff, but one of the things was I was uh, lamenting the fact that I never got to have those conversations with Grandpa that I'd been talking about wanting to have of just learning and sitting and being like, oh, okay, Grandpa, how, how did you build this incredible family? Uh, and she asked me if I had ever told him how impressed I was, and I was like, well, no, I guess I haven't. <laughs> um, and so that summer... Uh, oh, it must have been my junior year, because it was the summer between my junior and senior year 
uh, Megan and I went a road trip on a road trip through Washington to visit all the family so that Megan could meet all of them. They could meet her because uh, we were going to get married the next summer. Um, and so my grandparents were back at their house for a couple days. My parents were kind of drifting. It had dropped them off, and they were going to be there for two or three days. So we stopped at the house because I really wanted Megan to see that house because I had a lot of fond memories. That was that house was where we had frequently done the Thanksgiving gatherings when I was a kid. Um, and I really wanted to do that. And I told Grandpa, I kind of described to him some of the stuff I've been talking about, about how happy I was to have gotten to know him and how grateful I was. Uh, and Grandpa, he, I mean, he still couldn't talk. He still couldn't tell me the things I had wanted to hear. But one of the things, Grandpa was desperate for ways that he could communicate with other people. And one of the ways that he could communicate, even after the stroke, was by just giving the most heartfelt, most emotionally driven hugs um, that I think I've ever experienced in my life. And the hug that I got from him after talking about that, it was, I mean, he was he was crying a little bit. He held on, and he was so happy. And I, it it meant a lot to me as well. Of, I I think he had spent a lot of time being like, oh, can I do anything? And of getting to remind him, Grandpa, you have left behind an incredible legacy, and I am tremendously grateful uh, to get to be your grandchild because there is a lot of amazing things. Um, and after that, I was always. I was always really happy to get to go see Grandpa, of of seeing him and being reminded of that, and hopefully getting to remind him too of Grandpa. We are you have done incredible work, and we are so grateful for the man that you've been, for the faithfulness that you've shown. Um, Grandpa was he was able to make it to Megan and I's wedding, and I was really happy about that. I was only the second grandchild to be married off, um, and he was there. He was I mean he was cruising around in a wheelchair, and he and Grandma were so happy that they got to be there. Uh, and I was I was just really happy that, I mean, because there's, there's a lot of Megan and I's marriage being successful. That is, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about of lessons I've learned from my mom and dad that they learned from, from their parents. Um, and I was so happy that he got to see the start of what has been a very wonderful marriage for Megan and I. Um, so also, it was... One of the things that was really interesting is after the stroke, I mean, there was kind of that medical uncertainty of how long is he going to last? And there was sort of a gap between when we got that very severe wake-up call of grandpa's in rough shape. Um, He's probably not going to be around that much. I mean, at his age, he wasn't going to be around forever. But uh, getting that wake-up call and getting to... I had years to sort through. Uh, I think it was four or five years after the stroke that he eventually passed. And of having that four or five years was immensely helpful for me because that is, uh, he was, um, the stroke was the first like super really major medical event. Like we might be getting to end of life event for any of my grandparents. And so of having that time to kind of sort through and figure out uh, figure out my emotions, process through those, and figure out how I handled that was really helpful. That by the time Grandpa did pass, um, I was ready for it. it, it I mean, it, it wasn't a shock. His his health declined some more, and then he eventually passed, and we we were able to have some family um, back, and that was that was really good. And so I 
got to say the stuff to my grandpa that if he had just passed when the stroke was, he would have died and I wouldn't have had an opportunity to tell him how grateful I was and how happy I was that uh, for the family that he had left behind. And so I got to say those things. So if, if I hear people lament frequently in fiction of, oh, what would you, what do you wish you could have said to that person? I got to say that stuff to my grandpa. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, so that's everything I have. Uh, for members of my family, people who knew Grandpa, I would love to hear other stories about Grandpa. Um, I, I don't know how we want to do that. If you want to record them or the next time you see me, you want to sit down and we can talk through them, I would be really, I, I would be more than happy to put in some of the work so that we could have those compiled, have those sitting out somewhere. Um, also, I've mentioned it earlier, I know very little about my family from before my grandparents were born. I mean, even before my parents were born, I have only a vague knowledge of what was in my family. And through some of, through the last year, I've heard a lot more of that stuff. And that's, uh, I would I would love to hear some more of those stories and keep those captured so that we can have a little bit more of a family history uh, for Emma or for Emma's kids um, to know, hey, this is this is where your family was. Uh, I, I mean, in kind of more broadly, so for those of you who didn't know my grandpa personally, uh, yeah, kind of thinking through what are the stories that you want captured so that your kids or your grandkids or your friends can hear? Uh, what are the stories that you know that should be captured? So I do it uh, with recorded speech because I much prefer telling stories and talking to writing. But, you know, maybe that's just writing down the stories, whatever, whatever the best way it is that you have to communicate. Because stories are great. Uh, I think it's underrated how good and valuable it is to have the stories from people's lives um more and more as i'm starting to get older i'm realizing how young i am and how much i have to learn from previous generations and so it, those the stories the lives that people have lived uh is a really key component to that so that's all i have for this week a little a little more emotion than usual um talk to you guys in two weeks